Yes, that is a dated date. December 14th was yesterday. We did have our discipleship group meeting. Uh, there were a lot of people that told me that they couldn't be there. Uh, Tis the season for not only Christmas, but also sickness. So people couldn't make it because of that. If you want to be in a discipleship group, you come and see me. I will jot your name down, and I need two things from you. Number one, I need your name. Number two, I need sometime during the week that you are, for the most part, generally available to meet. Okay, Usually for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Um, you can meet with your group, but I need to know that uh, pretty soon. We're going to meet uh, as groups on the week of January 5th in your time that we would meet, and then we're going to start the study, discipleship group, week one is going to be January, the week of January 12th. So just something to keep in mind. But this morning is my, uh, is my privilege to tell you there are now 10 days till Christmas. Uh, how many people are done shopping? How many people have not started? Where's my people at? No? Okay, there we go. There we go. Are you a Christmas Eve guy like me? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh. It is so good to be here with you this morning. We are going to be in, uh, in Luke chapter 1 this morning. We're going to be there in just a second. But if you have, uh, this is a pretty special morning. This morning and, and, and next week, uh, which would be our, how we celebrate our Christmas service, at the end of both of our services, we're going to be taking face down. And if you've never been a part of uh, Face Down, what it, Face Down is here is it's the Lord's Supper, communion. Um, and uh, what we do is we're going to have people here, here, and in the back at the end of our service. Um, it's just a time to reflect on what God has done for us. And there's not a really a better, uh, a better time of year than Christmas and Easter, in my opinion, to celebrate what, what that baby that did come for us meant. Um, I walked in this morning. And I get here kind of early, and I saw some pretty weird things that I want to tell you about. For some reason, there's people that come to this church early, and, and whenever they come in, they, they say, hey, how you doing? And they mean it. I had a person ask me how my week was this week. I said, man, I had a great week. I got to speak at uh, one of my friend's church in Missouri to take a, 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 a like a, just a conference, pastor break conference in the middle of the week last week, and I got to speak at his, at his church, to his youth group. And if you, if you are in the praying type and you have a prayer list that you constantly pray for, I want you to write down the name Jenna Bailey. Um, did you know that God is still in the saving business? He's still in the miracle working business and he's still in the saving business. Jenna Bailey, last Wednesday night, gave her life to Christ. And uh, it was kind of ironic because Jenna's mother helped serve me and Richie while we ate lunch at Godfather's. And I was talking to Richie about this, this lady, and he said, yeah, they come to our church. They've been coming a couple months, but they don't have relationships with Jesus. Watch this. They're just on a journey to learn about him. And I said, huh, that's cool. I said, let's pray for this lady and pray for her two kids in the youth group. And at the end of the night, they, had, they broke off from the, from the sermon time to small groups, and Richie comes walking up with this girl who minded I had never met. And uh, he said, hey, Jenna wants to tell you something. And she looked at me and she said, Matt, I just gave my life to Christ. And I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. And, she go, and then Richie said, tell him who your mom is. And she said, my mom waited on you at Godfather's Pizza today. I heard you prayed for us earlier today. It wasn't about me, people. It's about that we as followers of Jesus can literally knock on the door of heaven. And, and we're stunned when God hears us, aren't we? over and over this past week, I just saw how God, he responded unexpectedly to me, my, my, my mortal self. I was like, man, okay, let's pray for these kids. I may never meet them, and lo and behold, um, her brother was there. Um, so you can be praying for Jenna Bailey as she starts her life with Christ and that the rest of her family but would, uh, would get saved soon. I saw people this morning greeting one another. I saw people high-fiving one another. Um, they talked about their weeks, what, good and bad, um, because our, our, what, our, what we're getting better at doing is not being all negative. Okay, it's like, well, my week was just awful. Wait, 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 you know, I woke up today. We really can't argue with this one, okay? We have running water. Um, most of us, currently, I do too, for the third or fourth week in a row, I have shoes on. I know, it's, I know, I have pants, you know, when I, taught, when I taught PE, I had a zero degree rule. If it was above zero, I would wear shorts. If it was below zero, I would wear, wear pants. Um, because when the gym that I taught in, the, the boiler, anybody remember the old school gyms with the boiler in them? And the gym was like 188 degrees. And all these people are like, I can't believe how you wear shorts. And they walk into my gym and they go, oh yeah, okay. 
we have the ability this morning to not only study scripture, to look at, to look at three different people this morning, but we have, we have the ability, not only on Sundays, but t- together corporately on Sundays, right now we have the ability to let everything go from the week. Listen, I don't care if you have the best week. I don't care if you got to lead. I mean, I do care. I do, I do care. But it, it doesn't matter to me, like, if you, have a, if you have had a great week or if you've had an awful week. Right now is a special, special time. Later, we're going to focus intently on what Jesus did for us. But that was the goal. Jesus came here, but he had a path that he had to go. When we celebrate face down, we celebrate the, what the bread and the juice mean as the body and the blood of Jesus what he, that he gave for us. That is not possible unless he came. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's Christmas. It's, it's celebrating being with family. But I hope that we don't miss it. I saw a picture this week on Facebook that I honestly had never seen in my life. Um, if, I, if, if I can find it again, I should have I screenshot it, but I didn't. But it's got a picture. You know, we see, we see this, and, and this is kind of close, but what we see normally is a nativity scene with the shepherds and the sheep and the, and the cows and all different things around them, and, and it's kind of a hustle-bustle thing. But I saw a picture this week, and it had Mary leaning up against the cave, totally worn out, just facial grimace from just giving birth. Joseph is holding Jesus, and there's nothing around them. Right then is when the scripture says that next week we're going to talk about that Mary pondered these things in her mind as she held the child. You know, everybody was kind of hustle and bustle, but Mary, that that mother, was just concentrated. But it would take those thoughts later in life when this baby had grown to be a man and was being crucified for our sins. It was those thoughts that she had to recall Yes, Mary, it was highly favored among women. It's, the Bible says that. But the gift that she gave, that God gave us through her, is the Savior of the world. I want to pray for us before we get started this morning. God, we love you. And we just ask right now that your Holy Spirit would just completely envelop this place. God, that it would be just a day that we can concentrate on you, that we can focus on you. God, maybe that it can change our mind on some things. Maybe you're leading us to do something and we don't think that we can do it. God, help us to submit to your calling, to your voice. I ask, God, that you, you do a work in people's lives this morning. God, if there, if there are things that need, God, that just to happen so you can show off your glory, God, I pray for them. I pray for Jenna and her family. And God, I pray that anybody that's in this room right now or that's listening online, wherever in the world they are, God, if they don't know you, I pray that this morning the words that you've given me point them nowhere except to the throne of your son, Jesus. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week, we looked, we did, we did some defining on angels, right? I, I, I said, if you believe that angels float on clouds and play harps and shoot arrows, you are totally wrong. And I know some people are, all right, well, that's all. I, I Googled it and that's what they, well, okay. Contrary to popular belief, Google's actually not the gospel. I'm just telling you. But we talked about Gabriel. Gabriel being the archangel, the, the, the big, strong, message deliverer guy. Um, he and Michael in the, in the Bible, they're called to give messages. Um, so we, we, we saw how Gabriel went to Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, and told Elizabeth in her old age that she was going to have a son. That son would be John the Baptist, the path maker, the way maker for the capital W, the way. For Jesus, Jesus and John the Baptist were second cousins, um, earthly. Um, yet the very last thing that we hear is in the scripture we saw last week that even though Elizabeth was so old, that nothing would, was impossible with God. And before we get into this, I want, I want to challenge you because I've been challenged all week there are things in our life that we think are totally impossible that we, can, we, we can't achieve. Okay, here's the deal. You can't. But we think that they're even, they're even a little bit past what God can do. Hey, folks, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on this a whole lot of, a whole lot of time, but the God that I serve spoke this earth into existence 
our mountains really aren't much to him because he made them. He spoke them. And we, we want to enjoy the mountaintop high experiences all the time. We talked about this. There are no trees that grow on top of mountains. Spiritual growth does not come here. It comes in the valley that's green. If you don't believe that that's true, go to Garden of the Gods. Currently, I do not believe on the camel. Anybody know what camel rock is? Don't tell me if you've been on it. I don't, la, 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 la. I don't want to know. Okay? <laughs> Heights don't bother me. It's that, you know, and falls don't bother me. It's that sudden stop at the end that really bothers me. Okay, but currently there's, there's no, there are no trees growing on, on, that, on, that, on, that, on that structure. On the tops of mountains, there are no trees that grow because they need the nutrients from the soil they do not get from rocks. And I know some of you Karate Kids fans are going, well, the bonsai tree. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay we're talking about big trees, right? Okay, but, but Mary and Elizabeth both received messages that were unexpected. Sometimes, just like, just like this past week, God just, just blew me away when Richie said, this is the girl who's the daughter of the lady that served us at Godfather's Pizza that we prayed for. And you know what the problem was? It surprised me. It surprised me. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, we prayed for that to happen. It doesn't mean that I'm special. It means that as a follower of Christ, I can enter the throne room of God and I can petition him to move. And then when he does, you know what happens? Oh, wow, I didn't know God could do that. Really? For real, we get, we get, we get, so, we get so wrapped up in, oh, I didn't, I didn't think he could do that. Maybe God's spoken to you about something. Maybe something is very unexpected happening in your life. This is not a happy season for everyone. It's just not. You can remember, even, even in myself, I, I remember people that, that, are, that are not going to be at Christmas that were at Christmas several years ago. It's sad. To some point, it's sad. But we, we keep making new memories. And, but there's, there's some people that have a very difficult time of year this, this time of year. Maybe, maybe we, we, we can't see past next week. We can't see past tomorrow. Um, but what about if God has been speaking to you about a certain thing or situation? How do you answer? What about if God, if God contacts you on God text? Okay, whatever. He speaks to you. However God speaks to you. I'm often asked this question. They think I'm some type of like genius, a theologian, but they, it's a really simple, it's a simple answer to a very complex question. I get asked all the time, Matt, how do you know that it's God speaking to you? I mean, the sarcastic answer is, well, uh, I can't think of things that are that hard for me to do. <laughs> I can't think of things that I, he, that I would want to do that would make me so uncomfortable sometimes. But when I hear God's voice, it's something that if, if the will of my heart matches up with God's, it's, it's something that I can't not do. It's something that I can't not do. We pray about it. But here's the deal. We can respond that way. What happens if we rewind back here? We look at Mary when Gabriel comes, okay? We're going to look at Zechariah when Gabriel comes to him in the first part of Luke. And um, we're gonna, you're going to have three different choices on how you should answer and how you can answer and what's possible for you to do after you answer that. But when God speaks to you and he says, I want you to do this, what do you do? I'm very sorry to say that sometimes in my life I have spent just when God said, I need you to put it in four-wheel drive, Matt, I just keep it in two-wheel drive, and I just sink deeper, because the deeper I get, the less chance I have of going anywhere, and I'm just going to sit here. The problem with that is, when you get comfortable in your rut, you don't move. You don't. Okay, a rut is, is my definition by my dad, a rut is a grave with both ends knocked out of it. You're not going anywhere. So look at your, look at your worship handout, the very first blank. What is your first response to God when he tells you that he needs you to do something? Now, the fact that God needs us to do anything is actually not truth. It's that he gives us the opportunity. God, I don't, listen, I don't, I don't know how you view yourself. If, you're, if you suffer from pride or you, you, you lack a lot of that. But here's the deal. God does not, quote unquote, need us to do anything. The fact that God allows us to be a part of his plan still blows my mind. I do not understand how he uses a guy that is so broken or uses people exactly like us where we work, right? 
Some of us, I've heard stories, I've heard stories this week of I got to share the gospel with this person at work. Awesome. The fact that God allows us to be a part of his plan still blows my mind, and it probably will until I get to heaven. I don't understand. But what he's looking for is people that respond well, that they are going to follow what he's wanting us to do. But what's your first response? I can tell you your first response. I haven't even asked anybody this question. You ready? I can tell you generally the very first response to anything that God says. No. Or, yeah, huh. Whatever version of the, no, uh-uh, mm-mm, eh-eh, whatever. It's, you're very hesitant. Now, if someone else comes up to you and says, hey, you know, there, I, I really feel that God is, is, is leading me to ask you to do something, and that's my, it's my case sometimes. I ask people to do different things. This is what I used to do. I know this trick, and people still try to pull it on me. And some people do, some people don't. If you say that you do this and you don't do this, it's a sin. Okay? Somebody comes up and asks me, like my, maybe my dad, hey, you want to do this? I'll pray about it. That's like saying bless your heart to somebody. You don't mean it. Right? Oh, bless your heart. Anybody have this? Fan? Mm, they do that? So our first response is, hey, I'll pray about it. Okay. If you say you're going to pray about it or pray for someone and you don't, it's a sin. You get that right? That's a lie. Right? Revelation 21.8. That's a lie. Okay? We, we have a song about that. We'll, well, we won't sing it here. So, <laughs> but if God has called you to do something in your mind, it's something totally unexpected. It is. Part of the reason that I had such a hard time answering the call to preach is because I felt inadequate. And guess what? I'm still not adequate. I'm not. I'm not. No person that fills the pulpit and wants to, they can be used as a vessel, but I'm not good enough to do anything, neither are you. But the fact is that Jesus came and he, he lived a life and he died on the cross and we claim that blood on our life and we are saved people. God says, you are now my child. I have a job for you. We say, that's out of my comfort zone. I can't, I can't, they can't do that. You want me to talk to people? About Jesus? Come on, man. Matt, you've been in high school. You've been in college. You played athletics. What in the world? You don't want me to, man, I will, I will take myself out of this little circle that I think is cool. Listen, do you know how many people I talked to that was in the popular crowd of high school right now today? Zero. I saw one of them the other day. I was impressed. I have more hair on my head than he does. And that's not saying much. <laughs> But, I, you know, we, we, we compare this whole popularity thing. And listen, we do this too often. Young people, if you're hearing me, we're going to talk about this at College Retreat. If you, if you pray, you pray for today through Wednesday, and you pray that the absolute Holy Spirit presence of God shows up at Lake Salatiska because these college kids have just got off a week of you know where. Finals, pressure, stress. They're learning what it's like to follow God kind of on their own. They have more responsibility. If you pray, and if you would pray, you pray for those college kids from Sunday to Wednesday, and you pray that God does things that only he can do. I know what they can do. I have 12 tombstone frozen pizzas for one lunch. One. They're monsters. And some of you feed them, you know, Right? So well, how, do, how do we respond? We, it's totally unexpected. Maybe, maybe we do continue to pray on it, and the Holy Spirit can guide us if we allow him to, and your no may become a yes. Huh. God, I'm not going to be a pastor. 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 God keeps sending people into my life. He keeps speaking to me. Keep, did you know that God does not let you go? That's... I know that it's, it's overplayed, okay, if, if you think so, I, I can, I can, I'm one of those people that can listen to songs over and 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 over again and really don't get sick of them unless it's something I don't like. But the fact that when we, you, you look at the lyrics in Reckless Love that, that God chases after us, he intently chases us, the prodigal son story in the Bible the son goes out and he's eating with the pigs and he says, sure, my, sir, my dad's servants eat better than this. And when the son comes home expecting to just be downtrodden and beaten and have no inheritance, his dad throws a party. Unexpected. 
how is our first response molded to how we follow God? If you've ever wrestled with a decision like this, you're not alone. Well, I just don't know. I, I get it. There are lots of accounts in the Bible. Look at, look at this second blank, second blank. How about this? I could ask you to be honest right now, but I don't need to because I know that this room will probably be full of them. I'll just go ahead and say yes. If you've been a follower of Jesus for about, you know, more than five minutes, chances are real good that you've doubted a calling on your life. You've doubted a decision. BJ was with us last week. I had an absolute horrible time trying to get through that. Why? Because it was such a big deal. People doubted the power of the gospel that could work on him. You see how generalized that is? He, he, he was into a lot of stuff. He was, into, he was into alcohol and he was into parties and I would go hang out with him right there. Here's the deal. God says, Matt, you need to talk to him. Matt, you need to talk to him. Matt, you need to talk to him. So very carefully, I'm like, hey, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Do you know Jesus? And I like go to my other room. I'm very, very, and we, I used baseball. And, and anyway, he would, he would randomly just come up and ask questions about my faith. And the more and more that happened, the more I was open. And I'm telling you right now, 3 a.m., McMurray Room 126, BJ called my mom and dad. He knelt down at, a, at our coffee table in our room, and he asked Jesus Christ to come into his life. And he said, I can't call my mom and dad because they're asleep. I said, call mine. They will wake up gladly. I thought my dad was going to come through the phone. When we got back to Louisiana, I got to help baptize BJ. He's not the same person. But often we doubt. Listen, we don't want to know the score of what we don't, we don't get in on because of our doubt keeping us from that. Or is it one of acceptance? Listen, I know people. I know people that, that just blow my mind with their faith, and I seek to be not just like them, but be more godlike in my faith, that God would even hint them in one direction. I'll do it. I'm thinking, how do you have this courage? How do you have this ability to say, hey, no problem. Something recently came up with my wife and I, and we have doubted. There, I admitted it. Ready? I doubted. I'm a pastor. I doubted. We have doubted. I said, but God is going to take care of this. God is going to take, he promised us that he would take care of us. Lo and behold, I'm out of town. Mary texts me. She goes, you will never guess what happened. And I said, I bet I can. Poof. God. It's what he does. But we, with our little finite brain, doubt often. Doubting and accepting are on two different ends of the spectrum. Doubting often leads to denial, which is the opposite of accepting. If you can think back, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there was a final decision in that process of acceptance. Since then, if we are very real with one another, there has been doubt, hasn't there? Maybe you doubt your salvation. I thought, I thought seriously about doing another Connect Group lesson uh, series on Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Because it's, it's, it deals with First John, it deals with God wants us to know, it's very important. God answers prayer. If someone interviews you for a job that you would make more money than you currently make, then, uh, and that person is offered the job, and they accept that job when it's offered, nobody is alarmed, Right? I, have an I send in my resume, they want to interview me, it's a job that makes more money, I get better benefits, blah, 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 and if you accept it, nobody says anything, and th congratulations, yay, good job. No one's alarmed, no one's set up about that, well, watch this. In the early 1970s, I heard of a guy that had a job at a factory that used to be in Fairfield called Airtex, he was a tool and dye maker, tool and dye maker, excuse me. And he, he, would, he, would, he would work, he made great money for that time, great money. He gave it up. He walked into his office, into his boss's office, and he said, sir, I'm not sure that you're going to believe this uh, or understand this at all, but I'm going to resign because the church has called me full-time to be their pastor. I just want to put you in on this, okay? <laughs> it's not the same money, okay? It wasn't the same money. So whenever he took a pay cut to do something else that's quote-unquote weird, pastor a church, there were alarms that went off everywhere. Why? Why? 
God doesn't always operate the way we think he should. And that's a good thing, by the way. I don't know about you, but you've probably made a mistake in the last, I don't know, 30 minutes. Me too. What would happen if you felt God calling you to be a missionary in a different country? The pay is not fantastic. You'd be away from your family. What then? How would you respond then? It's easy. It's easy sometimes. Most of the time. For me, when God says, Matt, you need to be a good husband. I love you. All right. But when God calls me to do something hard, like I did last night, I got upset at my girls and I walked into their room and I told them that I was sorry. That's not easy for me to do. It's very difficult for me to do. You know why? I'm going to be very real with you. I can count on the number on this hand, the times in my 39 and a half years on the earth that my mom and dad has ever done that for me. That's where it gets hard. I was sitting in my recliner, and I was right. You ever been right? Right. I was right. Kids, I don't work on remote control, blah, 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 blah. DVR, you, you, you do technology all the time, just do it. And I just, I, I had, anybody ever lose it? No? Nobody loses it? Cool. I'm the only one. Neat. And I did. I did. I, just, I, said, I said, this is silly. I said, time to go to bed. I wasn't going to bed. That's dismissal of children. <laughs> go to bed. And I went into both of my daughter's rooms last night, and I said, I did not act in the way that Jesus wants me to act, and I need you to forgive me. I'm sorry. And I came in. And I, was, I was upset because I didn't want to do that because... That goes against being right. So I literally admitted that I was wrong, which I don't deal well with, and I don't know if you do. But I came back in, and Mary comes in. She's, she's folding laundry. She's looking over at me. Watch TV. It wasn't even about her. And I said, and I told her, I said, I said, I didn't grow up around that. I didn't grow up around that. It's very difficult. In Luke 1, 26 and 27, we're going we're gonna to read through this just real quick. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So Gabriel comes. He declares the birth of two men, John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist is told to be, uh, Zechariah is told by Gabriel that he's going to be like Elijah. Literally, we talked about this last week. We talked about that. That it would be like somebody coming and telling you that you're going to have a son. He's going to be athletic and he's going to do more for the game of basketball than Michael Jordan did. Which is, I don't know if it's possible, but anyway. And we talked about last night, it's not LeBron, it's Michael Jordan. So anyway, was past that. But in Luke 28, or 128 says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Shocker, she's confused. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. In 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. This is all prophecy, all review from last week. In verse 35, 33, I'm sorry. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel. Even Mary had a question. It was a very, very solid one physically. Very much a good question because it was impossibility. She says, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. She's never been intimate with a man. Angel, the angel replied in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, to show God's ultimate power in verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has, been pregnant in her old, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she, was con- she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Maybe off, the si- off to the side somewhere, you need to understand that whatever God is calling you to do, whatever he's asking you to do, whatever he is challenging you to do, and you think that can never happen, there is nothing impossible with God. You and I, you and I got saved, didn't we? You think there were people in your life that thought that was an impossibility? That knew you? I walked into Richie's youth building. In walks a guy. And I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. His name was Jeremy Wood. 
I'm like, man, I cannot place this dude. I know that I know him. Jeremy played baseball with me my freshman year at college, and then he left Central. And he graduated from somewhere else. Uh, it's kind of successful. Works for a really small company named Caterpillar, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and after I got done speaking, Jeremy comes over to me, and he said, he gave me one of the biggest compliments that I got to brag on God about it I've ever received in my life. He said, it is so amazing to see the transformation from the last time I met you to where you are now. He knew 18-year-old, arrogant, partying, absolute running away from God, horrible mouth, all kinds of awful stuff. He knew that guy, but he said, it is such a blessing to see what God, not me, what God has done in me because I allowed him to do so. I'm telling you, if you ever have somebody give you a compliment like that, and I don't wish you to be in that, that, that time in life, but we all have them. But I told him, I said, man, you can never understand what you just said to me. You have no idea. Your words are power. Speak truth into someone this season. Because not everybody has a joyous, it's a wonderful life Christmas. I'm sorry that they don't. I hope you have a great Christmas, but a lot of times this is a very, very sad, very depressing time of year. Nothing is impossible. God is still in the miracle business. He saved Jenna. And I believe that he's going to save the rest of her family. I do, I believe, why wouldn't I? I just prayed with their mom about, about her kids that they would come to a relationship with Christ. I'm not joking, I wish they all worked like this. It was like six hours later and God answered that prayer. Hours, wouldn't that be nice? All right, we're just gonna wait six hours, okay, it's all right, done. <laughs> it doesn't, I'm sorry. Look at, the, look at the next blank in your worship handout. How would you respond? An angel comes to you, you are where you are in life right now. And an angel comes to you and says, you're going to have a baby. And we talked about this last week. Uh, Matt, sometimes that's like physically impossible. I get it. Mary, Mary responds, simple, yet very, very complex. Humble, yet she would give birth to the most well-known human to ever exist. Look at verse 38. Mary responds to what's being asked of her this way. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Total humility. I'm the Lord's servant. When's the last time that God asked you to do something? Say, basically, it's, it's this terminology these days. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Well, but that means a couple extra hours. I'll do it. It means this. Can you imagine trying to compare a couple extra hours to the number of derogatory names that Mary would be called throughout her entire life? It didn't happen. Listen to me. Just have one of your one of your friends, one of your female friends comes up to you and says, Hey, I don't you know me 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 and me and me and Joey are, are still are still we're just dating, but uh, I'm pregnant and we haven't had sex. You're not going, you're not you're not going to believe them. It's an impossibility. Okay, it's, it, no, there, no, there, there's, we're not gonna go into that, but they're, you know. <laughs> but she says this, may everything you have said about me come true, and the angel left her. Look at the hope and the understanding that Mary had about God. Overall, there is no telling like, like to be really real, because this, this name is used in the Bible about, about women that chose to do and live a life like this, I would imagine the word whore would probably be a very nice word that Mary heard. No one's going to believe her, yet she said, God, I do not, literally, she's living this out. I'm living for you. I'm not making men happy. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, no matter the cost. And when we talk about the cost, that's when we say, er, pump the brakes, stop. Look at Luke 1.18. We're going to look at another different response. Zechariah, early in chapter, in chapter 1, he says this. Zechariah said to the angel, this is, after, this is after Gabriel says, all right, dude, Zechariah was a priest. He's working in the temple. He says, hey, you are going to be a dad. Not, not supernaturally. They're going to, he's going to come home and, and Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. He's going to get pregnant. 
and Zechariah and, and, and Elizabeth are going to have John the Baptist. And he has told him this, and he's a priest. He should know, he should know how to answer this, right? He should. So Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. He said this on purpose because they were past child-rearing age. The whole town around them probably condemned them and told them they were cursed by God because they were old enough and they did not have any kids. In that day, it was not holy to not have kids. You were considering cursed. And and Elizabeth was a barren woman. She couldn't have kids. Zechariah is a spiritual leader in the temple. And he doesn't have kids. It's, it's, It's not a good thing. It, it doesn't look good. Hey, what did he do? He's, I mean, he's a priest. So Zechariah asks a question. Gabriel just says, you're going to have a son. He answers this just like we do. Are you sure? How can I be sure? You're at, you, you pretend that you're Bill Ingvall, right? Here's your sign. Show me, God. The, the, man, I'm telling you, I'm saying this because I've done it because I'm right, all right? And you have too. God, if you really want me to do this, let me hit all the green lights all the way to Walmart. Everybody know that's like an almost impossibility, right? Let me hit all the green lights. And when, they do, when, you, when it actually happens, just on a random circumstance, then you say, God, if you're really talking to me, make him green on the way home too. We do. It's like, it's like we, want, we want God to answer us, and he says, here you go. And we go, no, 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 no. Do it again. Do it again. God, if you're, if you're a hunter or you're a fisherman, God, if you're real, and you're flipping, you're flipping something by a big brush pile, if you're real, I'd like to catch about a 26-and-a-half-inch, 8-and-a-half-pound largemouth right here. And, and, and if you do, then you go, you know, God, I'd like to catch another one. It's never enough. So Zechariah asks one question, and he gets, he, gets, he gets quite possibly Elizabeth's prayer for her whole life. He questions Gabriel. Gabriel responds by saying, I come from the presence of God. You will not speak until your son is born. Nine months of quiet, ladies. Now look, look that's a pretty harsh consequence for, for having a question that we ask all the time. God, are you sure? Doubting's easy. It wasn't probable these two would have kids. His response showed that he questioned. There's something maybe even a little bit worse or the same degree of worse. Look, at, look on the screen at Genesis 18. This is Abraham and Sarah. They're, they're older. Okay? God has promised Abraham, you are going to be the father of many nations. Do you know what it takes to be the father of many nations? Children. They don't have any. Okay, and they're a hundred. Can you imagine that? Ladies? Being a hundred, giving birth. I've never given birth. I don't know what that's like. But I'm going to guess it's not good at a hundred. Okay. Look at this. Then one of them, then one of them, these are the people that are talking, the, the angels that are, the, the men that are talking to, to Abraham says, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Not just a baby, a son. <laughs> this is funny. Abraham's out chilling by the campfire with these guys. He goes, okay, all right. Sarah was listening to this conversation from inside the tent. Now, ladies, you're, you're, you're in your tent and you're 100. And the guys outside go, oh, yeah, next year I'm going to come. You guys are going to have a son. I wouldn't be surprised if you looked in the Bible and Sarah goes, who? Certainly not me. Sarah was listening to this conversation. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. Nothing is impossible with God. Look at verse 12. She didn't doubt. She laughed. That still happens. What do you mean? God, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you can... What do you, God, what do you, what do you mean? We, we met as a lead team, and I, I proposed this idea about the college retreat because I, 
I, I wish people would have put into me in my college years. Probably would have changed my life. And they did, but it was just a little bit later. Um, and it, my fault, I'm not blaming anybody else. But I proposed this idea and I said, I said, I'm talking like renting out Wilma Lodge at Lake Saltiska, and I'm talking about having campfire, and we'll have worship, and we'll have, I mean, really healthy food, like tombstone pizza and Pop-Tarts, um, soda. Uh, last year, we drank five pounds of Kingdom Growers coffee in three days. Holy caffeine. <laughs> like, we were blessed and highly caffeinated all times, okay? And I said... And, 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 I, and I talked with our lead team, and I said, this needs to just happen because we need to have an area and a ministry that reaches these kids, shows them their love, especially after the week that they just had. Any college kid in here say, hey, my finals were cake, and I didn't have a problem? None. They're here, okay? <laughs> so I picked it, I, I, I said, and one, one, of the per, one of the people asked me, and they were not being disrespectful. They literally said, they said, you think that by just creating like a, a camp out for two or three days, that can, that can help change their life? Now, I wasn't being negative towards them, and their response wasn't negative, but it was, calm, it was almost humorous to us sometimes at the little things that we need to do that God can use for great things. And I said, listen, if you've seen the video from last year, if not, I can tag you in, I can send it to you. The video of, of this, this, the worship experience from last year, the food, the fellowship, it was just, it was life-altering. The adults didn't come back the same. We came back a lot more tired than the college kids did, but we did not come back the same. So, so she laughs. She laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Worn out just means that her body is aged and it's not for childbearing like prime years. Look, she almost, she almost asked this question, what good am I? What good am I? Remember, it says with God, nothing is impossible. Abraham and Sarah would have a son, Isaac. Keep in mind, God's covenant with Abraham said he would be the father of many nations. And then God comes to Abraham and he says, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac. If I was Abraham, I would be having a math conversation with God. I have one son. If you take him away, I'll have zero again. And if I'm going to be the father of many nations, it takes children. So Isaac goes up the mountain with Abraham, and Abraham lays him on the altar, and he has the knife out, and he is getting ready to sacrifice his son because God said so. That doesn't even make sense to us. God saw his willingness. He said, no, stop. There's a ram in a thicket over there. You get him, and he saved his life. Abraham becomes a father of nations. But he was honored for that because of his obedience. From your initial response or thought when you hear the message, your mind can change. God, I can't do that. I have seen people in this church that come to me when I've asked them, I cannot possibly, uh -uh, I can't do that. Okay. Would you pray about it? The next week they come back to me and say, you know what? I think I can. And I said, well, what changed your mind? God. <laughs> Look at the last blank in your worship handout. A lot of times, a lot of times in this life, we can struggle with these three, this, these three ways to answer. When God calls you to do something, do you doubt, laugh, or submit? Do you doubt? Like Zechariah did, do you laugh like Sarah did, or do you submit like Mary? And what, what would, how would our lives look different if we, if we submitted? See, God can use you. You're not broken. You've never gone too far that God can't bring you back. When God speaks to us or guides us in a different angle than we expected, is it scary? Yes. Yes. It's very scary. Sometimes, it, sometimes we think our comfort zone is here, and we're like, okay, God, I'm serving you well in my comfort zone. And he's like, no, 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 I need you like over there. It's like, not in, it's like in a different zip code comfort zone. And say, God, well, I, I want to do what you want to do. That's when he stretches you. But how do we, in this season, how do we listen? How do we listen to what God has for us? We're getting ready to start a new year. I don't, I, don't, I don't know your plans. I don't know your thoughts. But you think, man, I, I want to learn some more about the Bible. Pray about joining a D group. We had a, we had a person in here yesterday. I said this. I said, hey, and I called her by name. I said, would you ever have thought 
that you would ever read the Bible all the way through. This is her response. Man, I never thought I'd open the Bible. Open. (laughs) She's read 66 books of it. Memorized 46 verses of scripture. Written 138 journals in one year. And she said, hey, next year I have this going on. And then I'm going to be kind of the same time schedule. But the next year, I said, well, time out. You're talking about D group in 2021. She goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. That's how powerful it is. Maybe God's calling you to do something else, serving in a different, serving in a different way. Listen, every time that God guides us, calls us, or gives us a message to do something, we are to submit. Now, we may doubt. We may even snicker a little bit. You want to use me how? but we're called to trust. This morning, we have some people that are going to come and uh, serve face down. And I want to just remind everybody that when we, take, when we take face down, the Bible says that we were to take communion, Eucharist, face down, Lord's Supper. We're to take this with a pure heart. Uh, this is only for people that, that are followers of Jesus. They're Christian people. Um, and I want to invite you. We're going to play a song. And the way that we do this uh, at our church, you can come here, here, or in the back. You just break off a piece of bread. You dunk it in the juice. And you take it, you can take it back to your seat, you can sit down with it, whatever you want to do. Um, but we, we do ask that, the Bible is very clear about this, that you take, you take the Lord's Supper, you take the elements, as they're called, with a, a pure heart, a clean conscience, that you, that you ask God to help you understand why this was given. And the body is represented by the bread and the blood of Jesus by the juice that he gave on. I, I told the kids this week, when I spoke to them, I said, I said, if you ever read anything that says that somebody killed Jesus, they're wrong. Well, what do you mean? It was on the cross that the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life. He, didn't, he, he could have called down help at any time. But he didn't. Because this baby came with a mission. As this video plays, as you feel comfortable, you go where is most convenient. And you take face down with us.
May it be said of us this Christmas season that wherever we go or whatever we do, may our lives just, just explode the fact that we're so ready to see, to say to our friends, hey, come and see what God has done. Come and see if they don't know about the baby in the manger. Come and see the testimony of what God has done in my life. Come and see. Come and see what God has done. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so blown away at the love you give us. God, I pray for this group of people and those listening online. God, I pray for the best present anyone could ever receive. God, that anybody that hears my voice would give their life to Christ. God, that we would be, as followers, we would be so transparent. We would just almost be magnetic to people that you put in our path. God, just let those people come and be attracted to us and let us be open enough to say, come and see what God has done with a broken person like me. God, we have the ability to, to submit or, or to not submit when you speak to us. And God, I just ask that as this new year passes, that might be something that we all strive to see more of in our life to be more submissive, to trust you, to strengthen us, to grow our faith. God, we're so thankful. I pray a special blessing. I pray right now, God, for all the chaperones. I pray for all the college students as they travel. I pray, God, right now that your hand would be on Wilma Lodge. That, God, your Holy Spirit would be in and out of that place. God, that we would have three days of concentrating about who you are and what you want to do with us. And as we search about these, the callings on these young people's lives, God, I pray. I pray that you call out missionaries. I pray that you call out people to serve in bigger capacities. I pray, God, that we would see a revival and that would come from this generation of young people coming up. And God, help us as a church do our job and support them. We love you. We're so thankful for this season. Help us go show the world. Come and see what God has done in us. In your name we pray. Amen.